Hello, everybody, and welcome to RSL Season Pass. I am Ethan Kershaw, and I am joined today by our second co-host, Alex Maurer, and our third co-host, Cody Kershaw, um, and then I guess our, our fourth co-host, uh, the Twitter polls, which is all of you out there listening. So um, <laughs> uh, let's go to you first, Cody. Um, how are you doing on this wonderful uh, Saturday evening? I'm doing great. Uh, we had a little bit of an RSL scrimmage this morning, followed up with, uh, I went and grabbed some lunch with a friend. And so I'm still stuffed from that. We got a little bit of snow today in, around the valley in parts of Utah. So it's been a good day for me. Good, good. Awesome. Alex, how are you doing, man? Pretty similar morning, a scrimmage of a different variety. My U13s had a game that devolved into a scrimmage in a practice <laughs> session, unfortunately, for the team we were playing. But beyond that, nothing too exciting. Went to Rancheritos for breakfast. So that's that's all I got. Ethan, is there anything? Well, we know that you've had some interesting Saturday chores. Fill us yes. in on those, please. I've had a very busy day. I had to go to the store to buy a bunch of stuff and then um, had to fix a flat tire, which I hate doing and I always get scared to do because it sucks pulling off the freaking lug nuts. But I had a personal best today, changed the tire in like 25 minutes, like under 30 minutes, which was just absolutely incredible. Um, and then took it over and got it fixed right before we jumped on today. Little piece of advice. If you have issues with flat tires, impact wrenches will change your life. Like they will absolutely change your life. It's like basically like a, a lug nut gun. It's like a screwdriver or like a drill type thing, but with a lug nut thing on the end, it just, you just stick it in lug nuts, come off put it back on it's like really really quick so it'll change frankly frankly what's even better than that is a triple a membership because <laughs> i don't have to change any of my uh, flat tires yes i think yes, what you're saying lazy. ethan is that in the future we have to do an impact gun giveaway right oh man um <laughs> i don't know how 500 followers on twitter somebody's getting an impact gun <laughs> we do want to start doing like um some giveaways or, or things like that and so hopefully we'll be able to get on that spectrum relatively soon if you haven't already, be sure to go ahead, go over to Twitter and follow us at RSL Season Pass. We notice that sometimes when you search at RSL Season Pass, it's not popping up on Twitter. Um, but we do have our, our like link tagged in some different posts, so you should be able to find it there. Let us know if you're having any issues finding it. Um, and we'll also give you our ats on Twitter at the end of this episode. But let's go ahead and get on into the episode today. We've got a lot of juicy uh, things from... Um, as Cody mentioned, a scrimmage today uh, with Rails, like intra-squad scrimmage. Let's start off with pod trivia. Alex, is there a great question that you found from the database today? There is. The database continues to churn out some really good questions, and this one is no different. However, there is no name attached to this one, so this could come from anyone, anyone out there. And the question is this. It's going to be a simple over-under. So RSL has drafted 59 players in the MLS Super Draft. How many of them have made a first team appearance? Is it over 30 or under 30? Oh, Cody, you go first because I know where I'm going. <laughs> You're probably going the same place that I'm going, and I'm going to say under. I think back to the past. Look, we've seen homegrown players that, that have started quite a bit for Real Salt Lake. We've seen homegrown players that have done pretty well for Real Salt Lake. Players that have been drafted, I don't know that there's been a ton that we've seen, at least recently that I can think of that have really stepped in. Jasper Loffelson's maybe one, but I don't I don't know who else that we've got that recently has been drafted that starts quite a bit for us. Very interesting. Solid reasoning, Cody. 
I had a nice conversation with Cody about this exact same thing today. So because of that, I will take the under 30 as well. Wow. Well, I have some intriguing news for both of you. It is 32. 32 super draft picks have played for Real Salt Lake. I was surprised too. That's, you know, right about 50%. In the last last 10 years, I would say that what maybe it's maybe not 10 years. Let's say like last like five, seven years. I know there's Corey Baird, Jasper Loffelson, and Andrew Putna. Like, can you guys think of anybody else that's cracked the starting lineup from the super draft? Like, that was going to be my follow up question to this was who of those 32 starts has started the most games? And I think the question changes a lot if it becomes how many Super Draft picks have played three games for RSL <laughs> that's true. or five games. I think that number shrinks drastically if that's the case. But no, I think it's it's interesting. I didn't think we had a hit rate nearly that. I mean, it's hard to call one appearance with the first team a success, but I didn't think it would be that high either. Eye-opening news there. Thanks to whoever sent that out. Yes. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know who it was. Could have been one of you two for all I know. Could have been me for all I know. <laughs> Gotta get the Twitter poll going on that question too. So that is. Yeah. Oh, question. so that, that now sets our, our standings. Ethan and Cody are both one and two all time on pod trivia. And until this goes up that you are falling behind because the, uh, the Twitter polls are one and one. That's fine. Uh, with the These correct answer, uh, winning the majority of the Twitter poll. I, I would actually be surprised if the Twitter poll got this one right, if I'm being 100% honest. I, think I, I, would be, I would be pretty surprised as well. I think hearing that question, especially, I won't say the way it's worded, but the way you set it up is that the majority of, of those players end up starting at some point for Real Salt Lake, and that's pretty mind-blowing to me. Yeah, but That's crazy. If you remember, last week we did a... An RSL Super Draft where we went through and drafted players for a, a starting lineup for our teams. Please, tell me all about it, Ethan. And Alex did end up coming out on top. I think you had about 60 or so percent of the vote. So Alex, our winner of the, the RSL Super Draft. So it was Let's go! go draft. <laughs> exactly like I told you on the episode. I was never in doubt for a moment. Yeah, someone needs to humble Alex, so... It um, can't be done. That, do team, that, that team was oh, nasty. Geez. That team was very good. And I was picking in the middle spot. Not a great place to be. Came away with Savarino and Marcelo Silva in the first two rounds. Come on now. That team yeah. was destined for glory. And your star left wing back, Diego Luna. Not sure how that works out. He's, he'll be great, man. He'll be great. <laughs> not worried about it. Not yeah, worried about it. Yeah, Diego Luna, lovely, profound defender. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on. We've got uh, a little bit of Monarchs news this week. Really not a ton of stuff, but Alex, you should be able to make it in well under a minute in this one. So Monarch Minute, ready, set, and go. It has been a rough offseason for, frankly, any of the Monarchs players that we really liked from 2022 on this podcast. First, it was Aziz Kayondo and Golden the Big Machine Mufwenta having their purchase options declined and their loans allowed to expire. And now it is sadly former Monarchs forward and RSL Super Draft pick Pedro Fonseca, one of those that did not make a first team appearance, signing with South Georgia Tormenta of USL League One. We wish him nothing but the best as he led a really young Monarchs team through some harsh moments last year. And that is all I have for the Monarchs Minute today. Awesome. You did a great job. That was a Monarchs uh, Monarch 35 seconds today. So <laughs> That's got to put my success rate at like... 30% probably get those in yeah. under a minute. That one helps my stats for sure. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, Pedro Fonseca will be sorely missed. Uh, converted a lot of penalties for the Monarchs last year. Great captain for the team. Had either of you ever heard of South Georgia Tormenta? No, I had not. No, 
what does that even mean? <laughs> what is <laughs> a South Georgia Tormenta? I thought for sure he was like signing abroad when I initially saw it. And then I was like, oh, nope, just a Georgian suburb. If you leave off South Georgia and it's just Tormenta, I mean, you don't think. Yeah, it sounded like an Italian team or something. Yeah. The word Tormenta means storm in Spanish. Okay. So kind of like naming your team Real Salt Lake. Okay, cool. (laughs) All the people out there that speak Spanish are going to own us. They're like, you guys didn't know what Tormenta means? Like, come on. You speak Portuguese. That's like Spanish adjacent. Come on, man. You should have figured that out. That's true. <laughs> Are there a lot of tormentas in South Georgia? Uh, it could. It could be. Is possible. Georgia like hurricane territory? Uh, probably. And then, would you really want to name your team after like a harsh event that has really drastic? I mean, to be fair, in, in, in a few community? years, our team name is Real Salt Lake. We we may not have a Salt Lake in yeah, a few. Imagine years. Imagine if we so. were like the Salt Lake Inversion. Like, what a weird name <laughs> for a team. Salt Lake Pollution. <laughs> Kind of like the Northern Colorado hailstorm. Like, I don't know if I don't yeah. like, I don't appreciate that part of my community. Like I, I would hate to wake up and find my car all dented from a hailstorm in Northern Colorado. Why would I want to go support that team? Oh, geez. Well, would you prefer I'm, an animal related name or a weather related name for your team? I think I'd like an animal more, honestly. I, I, I would say animal too, but it has to be again, relative to where good. you live. Yeah, does it, it? Just be the rail Salt Lake zebras? Like, does that make sense? Would you show up to support Real Salt Lake Zebras? Yeah, you'd want to be a team like the Salt Lake Bees or something that has. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess bees aren't really. I mean, I mean that Utah. name doesn't that nickname comes from us like working together, right? Not like actually because we have a lot of bees. Yeah, but I mean... also shout out the Salt Lake Bees. I am so bummed that stadium is moving. That sucks. Yeah, that's sad. That's I that's a pretty that stadium. That's a pretty iconic location to people who are from. Utah and from Salt Lake like that's a lot of people grew up going to those bees games and and being at that stadium I myself did and I, I'm not a huge baseball fan but it was still a very iconic place of Salt Lake yeah it'll be pretty sad uh to kind of see I mean it'll be interesting to see at least what they do with the stadium um and and kind of how that turns out for the team you think there's any possibility the Royals end up there yeah it's definitely it's, possible I guess a question to each of you guys what would you prefer to see happen with that space Royals would be sick. Royals would be awesome. Would be. I don't know that the, I don't know that it fits. I don't know. How, I mean, I've I know we've kind of mapped out how you would make it work. I would hope that you you would, but it would probably require a lot of reconstruction. That would be priority number one for me. If you could get the Royals their own home in a place that people are already used to going, would be terrific. For the stadium, though, you go from you know however many what like forty five games in a baseball season down to like. 15 for the Royals that would be tough for the community in the neighborhood but I mean yeah Royals would be the absolute best case scenario for me yeah I believe I saw something I, I, same thing um, I think I saw something on Twitter actually about um, expansion bids coming in for uh, NWSL teams in Boston uh, the Bay Area and San Fran and in Utah it means that it looks like Royals coming back is fairly imminent it, it seems like um, it could be happening soon didn't zach mcmath and one of his pressers even mention the royals like i don't know why i know for whatever reason that's not official yet but like it's official right that's not we're not like worried about that <laughs> no i mean i don't know it, it's not like the team officially isn't coming back but like it looks like it's gonna happen but the team's officially coming back it's unofficially official. <laughs> it's unofficially <laughs> yeah. but it's kind of like when the league's cup official like presser went out and it said, we don't know who's going to host these games, but we had already been told that by making the playoffs and being in the United States, we were hosting the games. Exactly. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. one of yeah. those things just, just for my two cents on it. I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up and say, I would love to see some community soccer fields there. 
um, some nice turf fields, some nice outdoor fields, whatever you want to put there. I always think of when you see those fields that are placed in a downtown area and they've got, you know, kids playing at night on these pickup fields and they've got these skyscrapers in the background. That's, that's the picture that I would put right there. I think that would be cool to see. Do you guys think that soccer is slowly becoming more popular in Utah than baseball? Is baseball even popular here? I have no idea. I didn't realize baseball was like a fun youth sporting activity that people took really seriously until I traveled to New Hampshire. And I was like, oh, my word, these people love baseball. I I have no idea. Do people play baseball here? And like, who who do they follow? Do we follow the Rockies? Are we Diamondback fans here? I think it's the Angels. I think we're associated with the... Oh, yeah, because the Bees were their like affiliate team, right? I have no idea the baseball landscape here. But soccer's got to be getting close. There is certainly more players playing youth soccer than youth baseball in in Utah. I would think think at this point, without a doubt, we're probably at basketball, football, and then soccer. For probably yeah. interest within those sports within Utah. I don't know. I don't know how far we have to go for soccer to leapfrog over football, but I, I think we're making progress. That's interesting to, to maybe we could look at that a little deeper, a different time. Um, speaking of looking at things a little bit deeper, please, please comment and let us know what you want us to talk about on the podcast. We appreciate your suggestions and your opinions. Um, med underscore fizz asked a question to us of something that we could do at look into uh, international roster spots um, and supplemental senior players on the roster, kind of where those players are, are allocated and designated. Um, we would love to go over that. We do need to do a little bit more um, searching and, and deep diving on that. But um, we plan to maybe do it next week or in a future episode. But uh, we will get that content in and we'll make you aware of, um, of those designations. So please go ahead and let us know what you guys think and what you guys like to hear on the podcast. Um, let's get into the... Um, the club news. There's only a couple pieces of club news, but one big one, as we mentioned, the scrimmage today. Um, and then let's let's have that conversation now, I guess, or just a short conversation. Carlos Andres Gomez is expected to join the team this week. I believe his flight will get here on Wednesday, and he should be joining the team on Thursday before the team travels to Arizona um, for the uh, the Tuscan tournament this weekend is when that will start. The, um, the what? Tuscan tournament is what I'm calling it. It's, it's a tournament. I thought in, it was the uh, Tucson tournament. Tucson, yeah. Tucson, <laughs> Tucson. I was so confused. My season S is confused, but yes, yes, very good. Um, yes, the the tournament. Here is, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to um, blow up your spot like that. No, I apologize. I was just great. I thought I had totally missed an email or something. No, we were playing a, a fun yes. new tournament. <laughs> yes, Carlos Andres Gomez will join the team this week. Um, I kind of asked Pablo on, on how that will affect the team, um, and he said it'll be awesome to have him to to be able to get here. Um, kind of a you know. They've spoken a little bit, but there's not really been direct communication. Obviously, uh, he said we'll kind of see when he gets here of how he integrates the team. So it should be interesting, especially because Pablo seems to have somewhat of a distaste for players that don't like play a full preseason. Um, but he did he did indicate that they want to make sure that like when a player gets here for the first time, they have levels that they get to. Like, all right, he's done all of these things, he can go up to the next level and kind of ramping up for the season. Um, and so he said that. Whenever Carlos, or I guess Andres, I don't know, Carlos, Andres, Andres, Carlos, whatever you want to call him. But um, whenever Carlos Gomez gets here, he said, we want to make sure that when he starts his first game, whether that's the first game of the season, the second game or the third game, he's completely ready to go ahead and just showcase all of his skills. He's 100% comfortable to come in and do his thing. I like that mindset, but at the same time, I'm reading between the lines there and it, it's kind of telling me that I, I don't know if Carlos Andres Gomez will be 
90 minutes ready by game one. He may not even come in as a sub in, in week one of the regular season. Uh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? That's the RSL way. TM that is I mean yep. what we've come to expect from these signings I honestly feel bad for him because his hype was so high and then it feels like things have really cooled off in the subsequent days and weeks now since his signing was made official I just hope to see him on the field and healthy at some point in the preseason and hopefully if he's getting 60 to 70 minutes come the last couple games before the year I would imagine he'll be 90 minutes fit come uh, match day one so I'm not too worried about it. I just still have really no idea what to expect from him realistically this season. I kind of see him more as a project for the future than a solution to an immediate problem. But I think he certainly doesn't hurt, obviously. I think he's an, improve- an improvement upon the roster. I just don't know how drastic that will be. Well, in talking to Pablo this morning, he talked a lot about about physical fitness for players Mm -hmm. he talked a lot about players being able to meet that physical test and he mentioned that uh that carlos gomez is training on his own right now and he said he you know pablo acknowledged that training on your own it can be difficult and so i think there might be something between the lines there to say when he does come in he may not be be ready for 90 minutes but i think he will be ready um he's only 20 years old to get a guy that's in the shape that he's in up to match fitness is not as difficult as somebody who is say Demir Krylock, who's coming off an injury and is a little bit older. Um, so working him to where he needs to be physically, I think, I think he will get there quicker. I don't think we'll see him for a full 90 minutes to start. I think if anything, we'll see him sub on for, you know, maybe 30, 20 minutes for the first game if we're lucky. Um, but I, I think there is still reasons to be optimistic. Alex, you said this isn't a, a solution to an immediate problem, and I and I agree with that. But I would also say if they're going to play him on the wing, that's not where our biggest our biggest problem is, anyways. Um, I think I think we still have you know issues to address with a striker up top and maybe some of our defense. Pablo talked a lot today about the midfield being kind of stacked with what we've got right now. Um, at least that's the way that he views it. Um, so anyway, there was there was a lot of good insight from from this morning. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about it um, for the scrimmage. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned, you know, Pablo said, if your body's not able to physically do it, you just, you can't do it. Um, and he said that, that was kind of part of Rubio Rubin's problem last year is not having a full preseason um, with injury. Um, and because of that, his performance kind of suffered. Um, before we jump into the scrimmage, are you guys okay if we just go ahead and knock out the rumor on the last segment and then we get into the scrimmage? Is that all right? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. Alex, what is the one rumor we have on the docket today? Pablo strongly hinting at bringing in two more guys to the team. Very uh, breaking news here, (laughs) that one. (laughs) That is uh, really juicy stuff. Um, This is what the people tune in for, frankly. This is what they want to hear. They want to hear us uh, digging up gossip and dirt and rumors around the team and this is what this is what we bring to you and so thank you for listening and i hope you got your <laughs> nugget of information that you came to this episode for pablo strongly hinting at bringing in two more guys to the team ethan tell me all about that well yeah so uh, i mean even on media sessions um i think it was on mondays when we talked to pablo and then even at the scrimmage today um just i feel like every time we're able to talk to pablo he just he consistently talks about bringing in two more guys like he says, he sometimes says one or two. So I'm thinking there's going to be two more guys that the team is really pushing to bring in before preseason starts. Um, they won't get a full preseason, which Pablo just doesn't like. But 
it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think they're really pushing for some players. Sounds like it might be like a defender and maybe potentially like a forward, like a, a nine, which I believe is probably in the works. Um, and so it should be Chicho Arango. That's let's not be. beat around the bush. If they have to consider this like a smashing success of a transfer window would be to see Chicho Arango come through the door. He was a guy that I asked Pablo about last season if he was a target and he said yes. So I would presume he is still a target seeing as his uh, name keeps get getting brought up in transfer rumors. And if we could land Chicho, it would be one of the best off seasons in club history. Probably just, I would say it's, I would say maybe the best. It'd be hard. It'd be hard to find another one because that would just be such an instant impact signing at a position of need surrounded by valuable pieces in Jefferson Sabarino and Carlos Gomez. But to your point about a a full preseason, which Pablo seems to um, fall back on very, very commonly when things are not going our way early on. I don't think you could say anybody's had a full preseason preseason because we are missing Jefferson Sabarino and Carlos Andres Gomez. The two probably biggest focal points of our attack, not named Demir Krylock, who is also still kind of ramping up his minutes. So I'm worried that we're going to see a pretty lackluster start from our attack because those guys just have not had any minutes together. You know, I I don't know. I, Jasper Loffelson just barely got here with the team this week as well. And so there have been some guys that have been in and out due to injuries and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they how they do. I, I will add to this a little bit. <laughs> Pablo this morning, I don't know if he was intentionally being cryptic about this. <laughs> he, yes. he, yeah, if, if there's any question of him being cryptic, it's probably yes. But um, he talked about the fact that Carlos Gomez was going to be coming in this week, that they're looking forward to getting Sava back at training. Um, and he also, in that same sentence, said something along the lines of, and whoever else we're able to bring in. Um and so that that tells me that without him outrightly confirming it or outrightly saying it, they are looking for other people still to bring in. So I think before the preseason happens, we or before the preseason ends, we should see that happen. Um, I I agree. Chicho's probably the first pick here, and I and I tweeted this out a few days ago. I think if we don't get him, that there is still potential to bring Sergio Cordova back. Yep. Uh, Pablo even brought that up today uh, of losing he brought up losing Sergio Cordova and losing Aaron Herrera and how that changes things a little bit. Um, I, I think if it gets closer, closer down the line where we're looking at needing a striker and needing somebody to fill that position, Sergio Cordova makes sense for it. I, I, I think Chicho is still the first option, but if we can get Sergio Cordova and have him not be a designated player, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it'll be interesting to, to keep tabs and to see who's rumored to come to the team and, and who ultimately does. But I agree. Chicho Arango would be an absolutely massive signing for the club would undoubtedly break the record that was just broken by Carlos Andres Gomez not too long ago in a, a record transfer fee. Um, but let's get into the scrimmage and talk about the players that are currently um, with RSL and, uh, and practicing with the team. Um, Cody, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you. I, I just want you to, to kind of tell me what you saw in the scrimmage today um, it was a, a scrimmage between, um, obviously, inter-squad, so um, all players from RSL um, scrimmaging against each other. Um, the starting lineups, um, we hatted them out, and I, both Cody and I went out and tweeted them out. Uh, but as a refresher, um, in case you forgot, Team 1 was Moses Mensa, Marcelo Silva, Eric Holt, Demir Krylock, Tyron Mondi, uh, Scott Caldwell, Haziel Orozco, uh, Blake Kelly at goal, um, Brian Ojeda, Anderson Julio and Bertan Jakison. 
Um, and then team two was Bodie Hidalgo, Justin Miram, uh, Brian Oviedo, Justin Glad, uh, Toma, Tomas Gomez, uh, Moses Nyman, uh, let's see, Rupalo Ruiz, Emeka Anelli, Michael Chang, Rubio Rubin, and Keller Storley, who hasn't gotten any action until the scrimmage today. Um, Cody, who were some of the guys that stood out to you in the scrimmage? Yeah, well, first, I'm, I'm going to kind of quote, well, not necessarily quote, but I'm just going to bring up the, the players that Pablo mentioned yeah. uh, when we talked to him after the scrimmage. Uh, we asked him a question about who, in his mind, had kind of stepped up in the offseason, who he thinks is taking that next step to really elevate the team and those around them. He brought up Justin Glad. Uh, Justin Glad, he said, expectations were set pretty high for him, and he has far exceeded those expectations and driven that bar up even higher. It really great things to say about Justin Glad, Marcelo Silva, and his leadership. He said Demir and having Demir's presence with the team was just so big uh, as a leader. Um, he brought up Emeka Anelli, um, as well as Moses Nyman, um, Pablo Ruiz, and then two players that he's he's talked a lot about in the offseason, Rubio Rubin and Anderson Julio. Yep. Um, and I'll break that down a little bit. As far as what I saw today, Rubio Rubin looked fantastic. He did. Uh, he as far really as good. getting on the ball, making runs, his finishing looked great. Um he looked like a striker for us. And I don't know if this holds weight with what Pablo has said last year, that he didn't get a full preseason and he spent the next nine months trying to catch up to that. Um, I, he looked, he looked great with what we saw today. If he does get a full preseason, if he is the striker that we start with, if we get what we've seen, what we saw today and what we had versus LAFC, I'm okay with that for right now. I don't think it's a long-term solution, but I'm okay with, with it for right now. Um, the other player that I wanted to bring up, that at the at the beginning of this practice, I originally thought was Carlos Gomez because he looks very similar to him, and that's Moses Nyman. Um, yep, Moses Nyman. He's five foot five, so he's real short, easy to spot on the team. He looked great uh, uh, in the midfield. Uh, his touches, his passing, it was it was all accurate. It was very tight. Uh, he looked very calm and confident on the ball. Just the way he moved throughout the midfield looked very promising to to the position he plays. Um, to add a little bit to that as well, Pablo mentioned Moses Nyman. He said, uh, he hasn't really had a wrong step. Um, and so Pablo views what Moses Nyman's been doing as, as, as pretty excellent from what he's seen so far as well. Was there any indication from Pablo or others that Moses was actually going to end up being on the roster? He's a guy that's on, you know, another blitzer umbrella club and is pretty much just here to get fitness. It seems like, yeah, is there any indication that he'd be with the team long-term? It sounds like if they wanted, if they could get him, that they would take him. Um, Gotcha. Because he didn't have anything negative to say. He was one of the players included with the group that Pablo was specifically giving praise to. Um, Pablo did mention later in that conversation that the roster is not set yet. There's a lot of moving pieces in the midfield. But he he views somebody like Moses Nyman as somebody who could be special for this team. And those were his words. Um, Uh, High praise, high praise. Yeah, so he he really liked what he saw. And so did I. and uh, sorry, I realize this is long-winded, but I, I'm going to add two more players uh, to this as well. Moses Mensa playing at left back. Um, I think what we saw from him in the first half of this scrimmage, he looked great. Uh, he looked phenomenal on the ball, working it up the left wing. His link-up play um, that he had with some of the midfield and then making runs up the left, he looked very sharp, very good defensively. And then another defender, and I'm going to eat my words 100%, Me too. Eric Holt. <laughs> yep. Eric Holt looked great today, not just in how he played, but in his physical appearance. 
Um, he looks like he might have lost a little bit of weight. He was quick. His tackles were precise. He seemed very confident. He also talked to us a little bit after the scrimmage. Um, he mentioned that going forward for the rest of their preseason games, he's looking at trying to get results from these preseason games. He wants to keep clean sheets. He wants to be able to put uh, practice into play here and be able to have it all fit together. Um, so again, I realized that was long-winded, but those were some of my thoughts, a lot of stuff that I was encouraged by this morning. I, I like a lot of what you said, and I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, told you so, everybody on Moses uh, Mensa. He is a, he's legit. He looks really good. Alex wow. <laughs> One intra-squad scrimmage, and you are ready to anoint him the starting left back for Real Salt Lake. That's bold. He won't start. That's bold, Ethan. No, he's bold. not going to start. But I think he's a fantastic backup. Doesn't currently have a contract officially with RSL. He was drafted um, with RSL's last, last pick in the Super Draft. But based on the, I mean, obviously the highlights that I went and saw um, from him, but also how he played in this game um, out on the wing, um, I praised his passing. It was something that we saw a good dose of in this scrimmage, getting balls into the box. And, and he did a fair amount of that. Um, and he controlled the ball well. He passed it well. Good spacing. Um, great control. Um, I, I'm excited to see Moses Mensa potentially in a backup role uh, for this team at, at like left back or something. Um, but uh, some other guys, I I have to agree with Eric Holden. I have to. Um, he looked great in this game. Um, and he looks faster. He really does. As opposed And he was to already Cody, a pretty quick guy. He was not he a slow was, center yeah. back by any means. And as opposed to, as, as Cody and I were actually talking during the scrimmage, we noticed Marcelo Silva... I mean, it's possible that it's because he's guaranteed a contract, he's guaranteed with the team, he's guaranteed probably to start this year. But I don't know if it was just a, a lack of like wanting to try, but he looked a little bit slower. He looked like he had lost a, a step um, in this scrimmage, which is a little bit surprising to see. Um, but by contrast, yes, Eric Holt, I think, is absolutely exceeding expectations. And Alex, you've talked at length about how good Eric Holt was for this team in the back three to start last year. But then he dipped off because of that injury. Um, in media session this week, he said, I have absolutely no limitations um, from that injury last year. Um, I'm going into this season feeling great and uh, feeling that I don't have any kind of weight on my back. Um, and I think it's shown through in this, this uh, scrimmage. If he continues at this rate, um, it's very possible that we do see RSL go to a, a successful back three with, uh, with Eric Holt, Marcelo Silva, and Justin Glad. And at this point, like if Eric Holt can keep up that great play, I'd be really excited to see that kind of formation and come out in that formation often. Um, I would love to see that. I would, I be know you would <laughs> terribly eager yeah. to see a successful back three, a three, four, three specifically. It looked so good in like the two games we trotted it out there yeah. and then never again, it was back to three, five, two, but um, no need to, no need to dive into that <laughs> in this one. As someone that didn't watch this intra squad scrimmage, because I was too busy coaching up the next generation of RSL superstars. <laughs> Lame. The only thing that I'm really taking away is that everybody looked kind of good. The no. only one, you know, with the level dipping in Marcelo Silva, who who was it that stood out? And I, I don't just want to, you know, cherry pick or sound like I'm just blasting certain guys, but who didn't look up to the level? Because there's a lot of trialists here. You mentioned the center back whose name I'm now forgetting next to Justin Glad, who's here on non- Ross. Well, yeah actually looked pretty good it frustrates me to no end that he was getting center back minutes next to justin glad while hazi Orozco was playing right, right back, back. that makes me side. so upset hazi didn't true. play there once for the monarchs last year he played a lot at the six and everything else at center back 
I hate this idea that we're just going to try to force fit him into right back depth because we traded away our best right back for pennies. I hate it. I hate that that's seeming to be the case. Did he at least look good at that right back spot? And then the center back next to Justin Sorley, Storley, Storley, Storley. Who is that? Who is that man? Who is he? So he's on the preseason roster. He's a non-roster invitee. So he was just, it it sounds kind of like he's a trialist as well at this point. Um, And you say he looked good. He kept a clean sheet for a majority of the game, but like he didn't have too much work to do. It was more Glad's end, and then Glad got subbed out, and Amphrony Sinclair came in. And so Amphrony Sinclair and Keller Storley were keeping a clean sheet for the for a while, but um gave a, pe- a penalty near the end of the game. I guess we should talk about the scoring in this one. Um, we're talking about Rubio Rubin. He's the one who scores the first goal of the game. It's a lovely overhead chip pass for Michael Chang. Finds Rubin, and Rubin just puts it in the back of the net. Um, easy as you'd like. Um, stays 1-0 for a while, and then later in the game, Anderson Julio playing up top, um, squeezes past the defender. I believe it was Anthony Sinclair that committed the foul in the box. Um, Pablo Mastroeni was actually refing this game and uh, pointed to the spot to the chagrin of much of the players, and uh, it was a penalty, um, and he gave Anderson Julio the penalty that he had earned. Julio blasted it, upper 90, um, top net. It was a fantastic penalty, and uh, the scrimmage ended 1-1. Um, so in that case, yes, Keller Storley did all right, but... Um, it didn't have too much work on his end. Okay, so there were guys that looked great, but there were some guys that didn't look great. Cody and I were talking at length about a guy who actually did not impress. And Alex, you're going to be surprised to hear this name. If you say Gavin Beavers, so help me. No, Gavin, Gavin Beavers wasn't at there. All, but what? It was, no, he wasn't, he wasn't there. But What's wrong? Where's Beaver Boy? Uh, I think he's on international duty, maybe. I don't know. He just, he, I didn't see him actually there at all. Um, who were the two keepers? Uh, Blake Kelly and uh, and Tomas Gomez. Oh, yeah. Oh my word. Yeah, um, McMath was there as I had well. No idea Beaver Boy yeah. wasn't there. Zach McMath we was saw, there watching. Yeah, we, I saw Mc, saw McMath working out um, in the workout room. So I I assumed he's probably they probably don't need to see much from him. They had Thomas Gomez. Yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. But Alex, the name that you're gonna not like to hear that did not look good at all was Elijah Paul. Um, okay. He came in and, yeah, and played some minutes up top, and it was a little surprising to see, but there were a lot of times where he lost the ball. He looked a little shaky up top. He was playing it kind of more of a left wing position. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. But, I mean, real iffy um, on, on the left side. Did not look great. And, I mean, conversely, the guy who was battling him, who actually looked really good, surprisingly. Are you ready for this, Alex? Bodie Hidalgo. Bodie Hidalgo yeah. at right back, man. Like, Andrew Brody is looking a little iffy to start the season because he does he did pick up an injury and so he was doing strength and conditioning drills on the sideline. I think Bodie Hidalgo actually has a really strong chance to start this season at right back. That could be kind of sweet because the ball he played into Bertine Jacquesin for the goal against LAFC was exquisite. It was he, filthy. He, he it was looked, pinpoint. He looked so physical in this scrimmage. He looked really physical and he was like keeping up with guys. His defending looked very good. That like, is Cody, so you agree with me intriguing on this? because man alive, did we not see that for the Monarchs? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think you're spot on with what you said, Ethan. Um, I will say with, to go back a little bit to Keller Storley, he didn't get challenged too much in this game. And yeah. so it's hard to say that he played well when we didn't, we didn't see him get challenged very much. Bodie Hidalgo at right back, the defending, the attacking looked very promising. Yeah. I always, always, always think back to somebody like Tate Schmidt who started at right back. 
And <laughs> I know some people didn't mind him there. I did not like him at right back when he, when some, he played some up people top, as in Alex. <laughs> some people as in I enjoyed him in that left wing back <laughs> in the three, four, three, when he had plenty of cover and he was allowed to get forward as much as he wanted. See, and, and that's, that's the thing is I think in that position, sometimes our players rely too much on receiving that cover and they stay up. They don't get back and we get burned on the wing. Hidalgo looked great in working back, being yep. able to work up the sideline, uh, connecting passes with Michael Chang. Ethan at one point talked to me in the scrimmage about saying that Michael Chang looked good and he did. He provided the assist for Rubin, but I think what made him look so good was the passes Passing. that were getting to him. Yep. He was getting into the space and then the, the passes were being connected to him, whether it was from Hidalgo or someone else from the midfield. Um, but Hidalgo had a number of challenges defensively too, namely against Elijah Paul, where he just kind of put him in his pocket and, and Paul couldn't really do much. Um, so I, I I will say with Paul, he did have some flashes of really good footwork and being able to work out of tight situations and drawing fouls for the most part, his passing looked clunky and he slowed down pretty quick. I mean, he looked gassed after about 30 minutes of running. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. keep he in did. mind too, this wasn't a full 90. This was a 75 minute ish game. Um, then they had a lot of subs going on. So, yeah. yeah. Well, now I'm um, kind of hankering to watch some RSL. I am honestly really jealous of you two. It sounded like a really good day. Who was all there from like media side of things? So was it like a was, decent crowd? Ethan's yeah, going to know this better actually. than me, but, um, so Sean was there from uh, salt city FC on his page, Sean, forget his last name sean walker i just saw hit my my email sean walker um and then from soapbox we had lucas uh trevor and matt who were all there good Um, crowd today carlos artidias from uh rsl show caleb turner was there as well i think the whole squad was was there oh yeah dang it speaking of make sure to check out the wasatch soccer sentinel yes wasatch uh, soccer sentinel is great yeah that's gonna be sweet Yes, they've got a new website up and running. Uh, Matt has kind of spearheaded this whole thing after the loss of RSL Soapbox. And uh, their website looks fantastic. Go ahead and check it out. Um, You can find Matt Montgomery um, at... uh, The Crossbar RSL. Crossbar RSL, yes, is what it is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the definition of making lemonade out of lemons. I mean, those guys are... Absolutely. Those guys are fantastic with what they're doing, so... Last last two things that I want to talk about um, from this scrimmage because we did talk about a lot of guys that were, were looking great. Um, the the connection, I mean, Anderson Julio looked great in this scrimmage. Like he, I, I don't think he was even going all out and he still looked great, but the connection that he and Tyrone Mondi had up top was f- like really good. It was fantastic. They're both really small, quick guys and they worked very well in tandem with each other. They, they seem to have a very good connection. There was one point where Tyrone Mondi even skipped past defenders and drew a, had a really good move and drew a foul just outside of the box. Anderson Julio took the free kick and it didn't go anywhere, but uh, I thought Mondi looked really good in this game. And I, you guys know I've been high on Tyron Mondi, uh, but I thought he looked very good in this scrimmage. And then the last guy, Cody, you touched on him, but Moses Nyman. Um, this is a guy who came up from the ranks of DC United was with the DC United Academy growing up. He went over to go play with SK Bevern over in Belgium and has now come over with RSL, not officially signed to a contract, but Cody, as you mentioned, I think that there's a strong possibility he gets signed. He was everywhere. He was covering the entire midfield today, um, just up and down the field, did a great job. Brian Ojeda did pretty good as well, um, but I've talked far too long. Um, that's kind of like my thoughts on the scrimmage today. I don't think I really have anything else. Cody, do you have any other thoughts on the scrimmage or really anything else? 
Yeah, I want to add to to another player that did not impress as much. Yeah. Scott Caldwell. Yeah. Ooh, bummer. Yeah. That is he looked tough. he looked like a pole on the field. Who was he, he playing alongside? Move. Which kind of group was he with? You don't have to remember everybody, oh, but who I think was, was his was partner? He was with Ojeda. Yeah, he was with Ojeda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so it's tough. It is. It, he he wasn't moving a whole lot. I, I don't know that I ever saw him touch the ball much, aside from maybe a one-touch pass back to, to a defender. But he was invisible for most of the time to the point where I turned to Ethan a couple times saying, I forgot Scott Caldwell was on the field. Yep. Um. So he did not look imp- impressive. I I don't want to see more of that ever again. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, and and again, that's or not to Scott. say I don't want to see I don't want to see more of Scott. I don't want to see more of Scott playing like that ever again. Okay, um, there we go. Okay, that's yeah, fair. yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> so. we see maybe we see more of Moses Nyman in that spot. I mean, you think Everton Louise and Nick Beasler who both played defensively. We still got to sign Moses left. Nyman. Let's not get yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. The the prospect of that is encouraging, but keep in mind Moses Nyman is five foot five, but and that Paul is a terrible height. Paul had some very high praise for Moses Nyman. He like did, and I and I and I have high praise for him as well. But if you're talking a, a box-to-box midfielder or even a defending midfielder, five foot five is not an ideal height. So I think he could play on the wing. Um, Conte, but it, <laughs> correct, Conte. But I would argue that Conte is, is an anomaly. Yeah, we oh. don't normally see CDMs <laughs> that are short and quick. Um, it's worked pretty well for Pablo Ruiz in the midfield. Yes, we do. Um, what are you talking about? We see plenty defensive of midfielder. Defensive we've got like Casemiro. We've got Fabinho. We've got all oh, these players Euro who are tall and long. Oh and... my goodness! Oh my <laughs> word! Kyle Beckerman. Uh, Kyle Beckerman wasn't that tall. He was taller than five foot five. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can verify. Hard that, not yes. to be. I, I just. Know. And look, I, it's that's not a deal breaker. The highlights that I've watched of Moses Nyman, he is incredibly physical for how tall he is. He is able to hold people off the ball. Um, so could he make it as a defensive midfielder or box to box? Absolutely. And I would like it a lot because of how well he does on the ball. So again, uh, Alex said it. We have to sign him first, and I hope we do because I'm encouraged by it. Yeah. Um, Trey had talked about Jasper Loffelson, a guy who we saw come in and play a, a short amount of time in this, but Trey had just talked about how much this guy hit the weight room. And he, like... Jasper is jacked. He came into the media session and showed off his biceps. It's just a big <laughs> He's huge. But, I can't um, believe I missed this all today. When, I am so bummed. When he came into the scrimmage, he just started yeeting passes out, like out of the sideline. Yeah, like, not even close, did. man. Like I think he's, I think he's like got this new power in his leg and he doesn't realize his own power. And he's just kicking the ball. He's like kickball far Eric Colt. Now, like that's his leg that he's got. And I just don't nice. think he knows his own power. So you can call maybe him. It's just, <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's the fact that he's been away from the team for a while. Like he just barely got here with the team. But I don't know, man. He looked a little iffy, but I'm sure he'll be fine for the season. We can call him Jasper Lawful Send Ball Far. There you go. He, <laughs> he's got, I hate that. <laughs> he's got some strength in those legs. He was he didn't know his own power a couple times. So yeah. I mean, again, he's he's he hasn't had a, a quite enough time back with the team yet. But I'm sure he'll 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 get comfortable again with them. As much as I hated that joke, I at least have a title for the episode now, which I greatly appreciate, <laughs> Cody. Thank you for that one. You got Alex, it. Anytime. It's the toughest part of uh, putting those episodes together. Alex, any insight on the scrimmage that you didn't watch today? Uh, yeah, it was really... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my U13s were great. They We did just splendidly. We got to the point where you had to connect 10 passes before you could shoot, and you had to shoot with your left foot. So that scrimmage, the one that I assume you're asking me about, yeah, no, that was terrific. It was wonderful. <laughs> Awesome. Alex, awesome. based off of what we said, is there anything that, that 
makes you happy? Is there anything that makes you I'm sad? I'm bummed you guys didn't have more to say about Haziel Orozco. Uh, and I'm not asking you to say right. more. Not that I don't want you to, you know, this is, you know, our, I will tell you, he didn't, together, but. he didn't look happy playing right back. Good. Um, but, but Freaking he, good. I'm glad he didn't because he shouldn't be because he is, he should be the third string center back and he should be playing next to Justin Glad and he should be getting that repetition in those minutes. Oh, I think he drives me crazy. He was so good at center yes. back in his minutes and we are doing everything we can to not play him there. It drives yep. me crazy i'll, I'll tell yeah. you what haziel did uh he did seem angry in that right back spot because he took out all of his anger on justin miram um, <laughs> actually had a a pretty uh tough slide tackle on justin miram and justin took up and you got up and took a little bit of offense to it and they actually stopped the scrimmage um after that as a little bit of like a just kind of a, a i guess almost hustle. a warning they got away yeah. from referee palm down yes yes <laughs> game um, got so, out of hand he called it for a sec. Um, but yeah, I mean, Haziel looked fine over there. Um, but do you guys have any any comments on the podcast before we wrap things all up today? I think I'm done talking. I just wanted to add, sorry, just one last thing to the scrimmage here. Something to keep in mind, too, with what we've seen from some of the outside back depth now. I'm encouraged by thinking that we may have filled some of our depth there. I know we talked a little bit about the rumor of bringing a couple people in. I think that solidifies a little more of it, maybe being a center back and a striker for those two, two people. Um, What we saw from outside backs in this scrimmage was, was pretty promising. Yeah. Encouraging Alex. I got nothing. Go check out the Wasatch soccer Sentinel. Check out rslseasonpass.com. And if that link doesn't work, please let me know because I'm still (laughs) trying to figure out. Sometimes it works. Sometimes if you're coming from the iTunes store page or or the Apple podcasts landing page, sometimes it doesn't work. So just figure it out. Go contribute to the pod trivia database if you feel so inclined because we have some really good questions there. And I am excited to kind of build that up throughout the season so that we have timely and applicable questions for each week. And it's been fun to kind of go through and see that interaction from the listeners so thank you all for that uh for those of you that have contributed thank you all for your questions they've been great questions and have certainly gotten cody and i on uh, several occasions so far um but we appreciate you all for listening this is actually one of the shorter episodes that we've had uh lately so uh, that's good at least but uh be sure to go over on twitter and follow at rsl season passes where you can find our page and all of our episodes be sure to leave a review and a a five-star rating as well if you feel so inclined, we would very much appreciate that. You can find Cody at the Kodiak one on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Ethan Kershaw nine, and you can find Alex at Alex Mauer on Twitter. Uh, be sure to, to follow us and, and let us know what you think of the podcast. We're dedicated to doing our best to bring you the, the best content out there. Um, and so let us know what you want to see more of, maybe what you want to see less of. We're all ears. Um, and we, we appreciate you all for taking your time out of your day and listening to RSL season pass. Um, so I guess that's kind of wrapping everything up with that being said, we will see you all next week. See ya.